Welcome to the Contracting Officer Podcast. It's not just for contracting officers. If you're anywhere in the government acquisition world, this podcast is for you. Today's episode is brought to you by Skyway Acquisition. Check us out at skywaymember.com. Our topic is the mental process we all go through when making a purchase decision in the context, of course, of government acquisition. All right, here we go. Today, we're talking about sales. Well, hang, hang on. Before you non-salespeople, like I used to be, <laughs> check out. Consider the focus of our podcast is about enabling context and open communication to make government contracting better in one contract at a time, okay? GovCon sales is not some unique, unquantifiable, and mysterious black box that only a few people <laughs> with the sheer effort to figure it out, you know, they're not the only ones that can win. Yeah, sales is about at its base level, it's about solving someone else's problem. It's really hard to solve someone else's problem if they don't know who you are or even how their problem can be solved. So today we're going to dig into why that is and some ways to deal with it. Before that, let's stop and say thanks. Thanks this week goes to Peter Spohr. Uh, Peter is a director of public sector alliances at Medallia. Medallia manages a customer experience software as a service platform that allows organizations to stay engaged with and constantly improve the customer's experience. I want to thank Peter for reaching out to give us his feedback on our podcast. He explained why he went looking for our podcast and how he found it and where he found it. And knowing this helps us reach more people because we actually know where they're looking when they find our podcast. It's always fun to have Zoom calls with our tribe of listeners because being able to talk to folks who are actually listening helps us continue to get better week after week. Thanks, Peter. All right, I said we're talking about sales, but sales still has somewhat of a slimy reputation. I don't think there's any such thing as door-to-door sales anymore. And the the image of the slimy used car salesman, I think, has, has somewhat faded. What we're talking about is moving someone with a problem from I don't even know who you are to, I want to buy your product or service. And it doesn't matter whether you're selling to the government or somewhere else. This continuum applies. How it applies (laughs) is the different part. We call this the stages of gas and, and gas is a, a, an acronym. We're government people at at heart. So we got to love our acronyms. Gas stands for giving a a care. I'll, I'll say it's getting getting from I don't care to care, and now I'm going to buy. Let's start with with the stages of the, the sales process of this this gas gauge process. Okay, it's also the buying process when you're on the government side. You're going to recognize these stages. You should recognize these concepts even if you're not on the selling side, because when you're buying, you're working your way through them. When you have a problem, again, I'll go back to. Problem like, hey, I need a deck built on the back of my house. How many decks do you have built on the back of your house? It's funny, none, but it's still a good example. (laughs) You go through the stages of, hey, I need a deck. It starts with unaware. I don't even know what companies exist. Who can solve my problem? Moves from there to aware. Ah, here's a list of companies that could potentially solve my problem. From aware to curious, huh, these look like interesting companies that do the kind of things that I want done for my deck. I don't know what those are, but still going along the example here. I'm curious. I become interested in the three deck builders. We love three. The three that are in my local area 
and are specialists with composite wood or treks or, or whatever, if that's what I'm interested in. From there, I need to become committed to I will buy from this vendor over another vendor. And from there, I need to actually buy it, have some kind of contract, some kind of agreement where I exchange money for services or products. So again, the stages of giving a care, the gas gauge, unaware, aware, curious, interested, committed, and contracted. I know that's a lot to remember on a podcast. It looks much better uh, in the picture that I'm looking here that that comes out of of some of the training that we uh, provide for our members. Right. The visual does help. But the gulf really starts to be obvious between business to business and business to government when you go between the fifth level, which is committed to the contracted level. And contracted meaning you actually have a contract in hand and you're going to get paid for it, right? At the committed stage in business to business sales, you're about 90% of the way there. You just got to do the paperwork and get it done. In business to government, when you're at the committed stage, you may only be 50% of the way there. And uh, one of our members, Scott Ragsdale, he's the one that gave me those ratios, which is a great way to describe it. When, when you, got, you got commitment from the government, you may only be 50% of the way to the sale. That is really different than getting committed, commitment from a, a, a business. And, and here's why. When you're dealing with a private company, even a publicly traded company, there is a person in charge of the whole organization that they own the process. When the CEO of the company says, you know what, buy this. They own the entire, they can own the entire process, regardless of how many steps there are. In government, the economic decider that we talk about and the three deciders and all these, these folks that are involved, they don't own the process. The contracting officer didn't write the FAR. They have to follow it. The economic decider didn't write the process. They have to write it. That's why it's different, that there isn't one person in the organization you're selling into that can say, you know what, just buy it. There's a process somewhere they got to follow. Yeah. And of course, big companies have tons of big processes, Mm -hmm. but they have more control over the process. There you go. The government procurement system that we know and love, stemming from the FAR and the executive branch, right, is set up to ensure that it is fair, and air quoting fair, to everyone. In a private transaction, by private I mean not government, in a business-to-business sale, you don't have to be fair. You can select any product or service you want from any company for any reason. Again, going back to big companies have processes, maybe that's not quite true that you can, but the company can. (laughs) Yeah, well said. Right, And, and we should also mention that the amount of complexity in getting from unaware to contracted can definitely be related to the size and complexity of what you're buying. If you decide you want to buy something simple that that you can order from Amazon, think about how simple it is to get from unaware to buying. Could be seconds between when you search for a product to when you become aware that it's from this company, you become curious, interested. I'm going to buy this when you click the button. Ah, it's it's shipped and arrives same day, right? It can <laughs> go very day, yeah. quick, quickly. So rather than continuing to make this more confusing with all these terms we've thrown out, let's walk through them one by one and give some examples, starting with unaware. At this stage, at the unaware stage, the government doesn't know who you are and, and doesn't really care. <laughs> they don't, they're not concerned, right? If you send them content, if you send them emails or call, it's going to feel like spam. And what are they going to do? They're going to delete it. They're not going to answer the phone. They're going to ignore you because they don't know who you are or why they should care who you are. 
they're unaware. The next stage is aware. So now the government knows of you, but does not have a need for what you do or doesn't know that they have a need for what you do yet, right? right? And the government's thinking, okay, well, I've, I've heard of them, uh, but why are they calling me now? I mean, they must want to sell me something. So again, they're, they're not likely to pick up the phone. They may save your email. I remember saving emails from people. I thought, okay, I probably could use that sometime next year, but I didn't, I didn't totally ignore them, but it probably felt like that for them, right? I may send the content to the small business director or someone else in my organization. I may keep them in mind, right? For some point in the future when I'm in the market for whatever they sell. Yeah. Company X does this. Okay. Next moving on. Yeah. Noted. (laughs) I haven't yet moved to curious. I'm simply aware that a company exists. When in a curious stage, the customer now knows, knows you, knows of you, aware of you. Right. And they're curious of whether you can actually solve their problem. Things like, do you have past performance doing this? And a government customer will say things like they might be able to help us. But how do I get information from them without them pouncing and pitching me a big sales pitch? So they start going to your website. They start looking at your past performance. They may start looking in beta.sam.gov info. They start looking in, in USA spending. They might start to respond to emails. They might answer the phone call because they're, remember, they're curious. They want to collect more information. They probably would add your company to a, to a, a primary market research database, for example. And they might even agree to a discovery call during the market research zone is that's when I would actually get on the phone with somebody and say, okay, well, tell me how you guys are solving this problem. Cause I'm curious. I'm curious of whether or not you actually will be able to help us. Right. Not curious enough to withstand a barrage of sales calls and, and a hard sell at this point. Right. We always talk right. about that as contracting officers, we were averse to the, the slimy used car salesman, the, the pitching, the, the, the non-invited conversations about about sales right at the curious stage you're starting to think hey these people may be able to help me and it's and it's important to understand that that's not just contracting officers that's humans we don't like to get pounced on and so understanding that uh, that's a that's the art of the complex sale is is knowing if they're in the curious phase this is not the time to tell them everything under the sun we can do it's what problem do they have understand that are you saying contracting officers are people too <laughs> we're we're just really well trained buyers, so we're <laughs> hypersensitive to when we're being sold to. Uh, that's sort of why we started the podcast to to help uh, people understand that contracting officers are people too. I did, that's right. didn't always feel like that was known widely known when I was a contracting officer. One, one of my favorite podcast feedback sessions from a couple of years ago. Somebody says, "You guys actually humanize." Government contract, <laughs> and I Ouch. thought, "Wow, that's really bad that it wasn't humanized before." Yeah, no kidding. All right, back back to the concept. So unaware, aware, I know who you are. Curious, hmm, maybe they can help me. Now that I'm curious, how do I get to be interested? What's happening here? At this point, I, I want to know more. I, I see some value in this in the solution you have. It's possibly going to solve our problem. Now I'm interested to see if the value meets the price, for example. <laughs> now is where I start looking at, okay, is this a commercially available product? How does the budget that my customer has, my government customer, the user, line up with with what you sell it for? My behavior is going to look like I I need more information. Uh, At this point, I want to know, do you know our buying process? 
For example, are you on the right IDIQ vehicle, indefinite delivery, indefinite quantity vehicle? Can you bid on a small business uh, set aside? Are you going to be able to win a contract that I compete? How might I actually buy this from you? There, there you go. Now, I'm interested <laughs> in learning of, I'm looking for more details. I'm starting to do some more effectively due diligence to say, okay, are you legitimately able to, to deliver this? And now I'm going to start doing things like, I'm going to put on an RFI about this. I might be putting an RFP about this. I may actually tell you that I'm going to put out the RFI because I want your response. I want to formalize your response. I'm interested to see, can you actually solve this problem? Request for information, RFI. Right. Yeah, Request for proposal, again. RFP. We, <laughs> we love those like acronyms. Acronym. Yeah, acronym bingo. I think the important thing that, that we're talking about here, Kevin, curious is more of a passive mode. I still may not be receptive as the buyer, as the government. I still may not be receptive to you telling me all kinds of details and providing me a lot of information. At interested, instead of holding up my hand, you know, the, the stop sign mode, I may actually be reaching out and pulling your information in because I'm starting to see how you could solve my problem. There may be a lot of other companies that could solve my problem, but now I count you among them and I'm ready to move to the committed mode. At this stage, I'm, I'm ready to choose you or someone, but usually that's the idea. Well, you know you're in, you're in the committed stage and I'm ready to choose you over other solutions. So like you mentioned a minute ago, I had five companies that I was interested in. We, we talk about this being permission to win if you we, if we go to the extreme. But the idea is, the customer has says, hey, let's buy this from them. What are the next steps? Yeah, you are the favorite. We, you're the leading horse in the race. Yeah, you, you, you're the one that we really expect to see a proposal. Unless you really drop the ball, you're going to be able to win this contract. Or now we're going to find a way to give you a sole source 8A or you know, pick a reason, right? And so what we're doing is we're, we're confirming that you can actually support the award process. Okay, are you, are you eligible for a government contract in the way we're structuring it? Uh, are you a responsible contractor? How do we actually turn this into a, a contract, right? That's the process that's starting here because we've committed to you being the winner. In many episodes, we've talked about shaping and targeting. This is where if the government is committed to you winning, you may see that the, the request for proposal, the solicitation, however they buy it, makes it very easy for you to be that lead horse, for you, for you to win the race. They've set up the buying process in a way that encourages you instead of discourages you from bidding. And likewise, when, when you see the RFP come out as an 8A competition and you didn't know that was coming, it's probably because they committed <laughs> <laughs> to somebody else. Right? Those are indicators. The very last stage, and this is where you talked about that, that leap. If you get to committed in a business-to-business, -business, a non-government world, you're most of the way there. Now we just click the link or provide your credit card information or hand you the purchase order or negotiate the contract. When the government hits the committed point, they may have to go through a months-long evaluation process in order to select you and award you a contract, even if they've decided they like you and they would like to acquire your products or services they have to treat everyone fairly. Now, we've marched through the entire process from unaware, aware, curious, interested, committed, now contracted. This is the end of the stage. We should clarify that although some transactions may not require what you might consider to be a contract, 
the FAR definition of the contract in FAR Part 2 includes all types of commitments that obligate the government to an expenditure of appropriated funds and that, except as otherwise authorized, are in writing. And to clarify some examples, we're talking about letters issued under a basic order agreement, letter contracts, purchase orders. Yeah, any buying is, is a contract under the FAR term. For, for more specifics on contract types, we actually have multiple episodes about contract types. Uh, go to contractpodcast.com, which is our podcast page, and then just click on the search archives and type in contract type and you'll see all of them. But for this concept, contracted means somebody will get paid. <laughs> that, that, that's where we're, we're, we're in the final step here. So these stages apply to every sale, every buying process. And like you said, Kevin, in the GovCon world, that last stage to get from committed to an actual contract could be a lot more work than in the non-GovCon world. It's also important to look at it from the customer's perspective. And the reason I, I started this conversation with, as a, as a buyer, you're going through these, through these stages. It's important to look at it from, from the customer's perspective, understanding what stage is the buyer in, not what stage they, we wish they were in. We should pause here and clarify which time zone we're in. We're talking about the stages of awareness, the, the stages of, of gas. This is all acquisition time zones, right? From the requirement zone through the market research zone, the RFP zone, and the selection zone. This is where the customer, the buyer, needs to move from not being aware that a company that can solve their problem exists to here's a contract to acquire that product or service that solves my problem. Speaking of what stage the buyer is in, so why does the government folk, I mean, why do government folks care about this? Understanding what stage the seller thinks you're in will save a lot of frustration and, and frankly, give you a higher probability of mission success. And, and here's what I mean by that. If they think you're interested, but you're only curious, and here's what happens. I came to a booth at uh, at the Special Operations Industry Conference a couple of years ago. And, and the guy thought I was interested. I was actually only curious. And he stalked me for months. <laughs> Phone calls, email, he pounced, right? Because he thought I was really interested. And it, so he actually took himself uh, backwards on the scale of getting to commitment because now you're annoyed by, by exactly. someone. You're not ready. You're not reaching out asking for information. So it feels like you're being assaulted by information. If, you're, if you haven't moved on to interested yeah, there's there's a rule in sales sometimes that that they may want your solution, but they don't want your phone calls anymore, so they stop <laughs> answering. And so you have to be careful that you don't overdo that, right? And that's what happens when you're when you're you're you think that they're interested and only curious. And that's where, as government folks, we we felt that pain. There's a hundred vendors trying to trying all to tell me how they can solve a problem, and I'm not even ready to solve that problem yet. And and this gets worse when we go up a stage, okay? If the seller thinks that you're committed, but you're only interested. So what's, here's what that looks like. The program manager told them that their product was awesome and had great promise. And that's because they were, they were interested, right? But the seller took that to mean we were going to buy from them. And then they submitted a proposal for a $25 million contract. It was a competitive proposal. The $25 million contract, but they had little chance to win. We were interested, but we weren't committed to them. Right. And here's how I know that this played out. The debriefing was ugly. Like in their mind, we were committed. They're like, 
they were appalled that we didn't buy from them. Well, it's because we were interested in it, whether or not they submitted a proposal. It sounds kind of mean, but we were indifferent to that. They weren't the best. They were one of, right? And again, that's that's an okay place to be, but not if you think that we're committed to it. You think you have permission to win and you don't. They were a fine horse to be in the race. Whether they ran or not didn't really matter because you already had a favorite. Yeah, and, and the things that they could have done to make them closer to being the winner, they didn't do because they thought they had it wrapped up, right? So that's a huge gulf yeah. that, that cost them a lot. So let's flip the script here a bit, okay? What if they think you're only aware of them, but you're actually interested? So I had a scenario where it was a product that, that we needed for the special operations Humvee. I run into this company, their product actually solved our problem, but they, didn't, they weren't getting the intensity of my interest because they didn't know our customer well enough and they didn't follow up with our requirements. They didn't respond until we had already bought from somebody else. And looking back, I actually paid more <laughs> to buy a, an, inferior, an inferior product from somebody else because they didn't realize how interested we were. We were actually interested. They just thought we we're, oh, well, they've got our email address. They'll call us when they're ready. That's not how government sales can work sometimes. And so as a result, they missed out on the sale. And quite frankly, I missed out on a better product, which goes back to understanding where we are from both sides leads to a higher probability of mission success. I'll wrap this up, Kevin, by jumping over to the industry perspective. As the government goes through its acquisition process from defining a requirement to doing market research, releasing some type of solicitation, and then selecting and awarding a contract or purchase order or buying with their their government purchase card, industry folks need to make sure that they have moved their government customer or their potential customer along this continuum, up the scale, from unaware through aware to curious, interested, committed to the contract at the same pace as the government's going through the time zones. If the government has released the solicitation, if the RFP hits the street and they don't even know who you are, if the first time you see it, how many times have we said this? If the first time you see the solicitation is when it's posted on contract opportunities on beta.sam.gov, you're probably too late. If you're not aware they were going to release it, they're probably not even aware you could solve their problem. But you can bet that they're aware of who can solve their problem already. And other companies have already leapt over that hurdle to where the government is at least interested and maybe already committed that they're the lead horse in the race. Like you were just saying, it's important that both sides, the seller and the buyer, understand, recognize what stage the buyer is in. Are they giving you the signals that they're really committed to you? Or are they still just, eh, I'm a little bit curious, but not really interested? If there's a mismatch there, both sides could end up being disappointed in the ultimate purchase decision. I'm trying to explain a, a, a pretty complicated topic that usually when we teach this material, there's some visuals that go along with it that, that we can point to that, that help the, the listener understand. It's a little bit more difficult on the podcast. Hopefully we got the point across well enough here. The six stages are unaware, aware, curious, interested, committed, and contracted. They're pretty easy to understand. The critical factor, number one, is know where the buyer is in that relative to where you think they are. And number two, understand that difference between committed and contracted in business to business or how we operate outside of government and the difference between committed and contracted 
and government contracts. Because the gulf between those two can be huge or it can be small. And not knowing the difference costs you time and could potentially cost the sale. And then from the buying perspective, can cost you getting the acquisition done and supporting your customer. All right, Kevin, that's pretty heavy concepts to lay out in a podcast. So I'd say if you're listening and you think the visuals might help you get through this rather dense podcast, just email Kevin at it's Kevin at skywayacquisition.com. And I'm sure because I'm talking to him right now, I'm sure he'll send you the charts. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll send you the, the visual that will help this a lot. All right. I'll talk to you later, Kevin. All right. I'll see you, Paul. All right. Thanks for joining us today. So again, if you want that visual, email Kevin at skywayacquisition.com or check out the Skyway community at skywaymember.com. We'll see you next week. Thanks this week goes to Peter Spore. Uh, I eat. <laughs> I almost read Did that. You actually read that? I'll, I'll read anything. <laughs> oh, that was fun. Okay. <laughs> I've done that for a while. <laughs> Hang on, stop laughing. Holy crap. I'll read anything. Okay, I'm with you. <clears throat> oh, that, that made my day. That was good. Like at some point your brain kicked in. It was like, <laughs> hmm. I was supposed to read that part. <laughs> oh, that was good. All right.